Uh, welcome to this episode of the Are You Listening podcast. Uh, got a very, very special guest on ahead of the matchup with uh, Purdue. So, Gio, before yes, we jump sir, into man. it, I'll let it's, you do the honors. It's uh, it's real fitting that we got the Purdue killer, my former oh. teammate, my brother, <laughs> um, you know, all Big Ten basketball player, 1,500-point scorer. My guy, Ron Harper Jr., is in the building with us yes, today. Yes, sir. What's up, Ron? What's Appreciate up, you boys having me on, man. Excited to talk hoops with y'all, for real. I feel like it's, it's perfect timing to get you on the podcast, obviously, because we got Purdue coming up and then... You know, you know, we got to talk about the legendary shot against number one at the buzzer. And, and, and a funny story, too, before we even get into it, is that I wasn't even at the game. So many so many fans come up to me asking, like, what it felt like to, to see the, the court storm and to see the shot. And I was like, man, I was literally watching that shit from my couch. Mm. I'll tell you what, I was I was in the booth, bro, and, and I lost my my goddamn mind when that yeah, shot that went call in. was that call was hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, honestly speaking, that was one of the wildest things I, I've seen in person. But before we get before we get to Purdue, how are you, man? How how have you been? Um, you know, what have you been up to over the last couple of months? And yeah, um, you know, it's a lot of exciting topics and things to really kind of hone in on. You know, throughout yeah. the course of this this show, uh, I've been good, bro. You know, just rehabbing has has surgery. I think it's been about six weeks now. Six weeks on Wednesday, so. You know, I'm doing good, rehabbing in New York City, you know, getting my mind straight. You know, they always say, like, the road to recovery is a lonely one, but, like, I'm just surrounded by all the people I love, man. You know, my family, my Rutgers family. So, you know, it's it's been a good couple months, you know, I'm embracing it. You know, just being able to watch Dylan play his last high school season, being able to be there for my little sister, you know, just trying to find the beauty in all of it. And I get to do fun things like this with you guys and go to the Purdue game on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk to you guys. That's awesome, man. I, I get really excited seeing you guys come back to the game, Gio and Ron sitting and, and supporting um, the team and the product that it is uh, nowadays. So how has the transition been from the college level to the pros? If you had to sum it up in one word, what would that word be going up to the NBA level? It's like pace, pace, like on the court, off the court. Everything happens so fast, like the blink of the eye, the season's over. Like it's crazy. The amount of flights you're taking, the wear and tear on your body, just your life speeds up so much faster when you're in the pros. And it's really like remarkable to see like me and Jill, we was playing 30 some games a year from like November to March. Like the NBA, the regular season is 82 games. And then plus like if you win the finals, that's 20 more. So just a lot of wear and tear on your body, uh, just taking care of your body, mind. Stuff like that is really important throughout the duration of the season. Just keeping your mind right. That's the only way you can perform if you're thinking in the right mental space. You know, that's hard for a bunch of young men who are on their own, like for the first time for real, like just adjusting to that lifestyle. So just got to keep your head on straight and attach yourself to people you love. Do you you feel like you stepped like everything up? Because I know in college, I mean, obviously we had treatment and training and, you know, we Mm -hmm. did take care of our body. But do you feel like now it's more of like, you look at it more as like as an investment now where it's like I have to do this every yeah. single day because this is my job. It's routine, bro. Like you literally like it's so much different, bro. Like with no school and nothing else to worry about. You're literally just there to hoop. And like it's like really like the first time you're in like a space like that, bro, for me especially. Yeah. And I was that was the first time I had moved out of New Jersey too. So I'm in like a whole complete new environment, bro. Just trying to find my way. So yeah, like this it takes off fast think- on you. Fast. I feel like a lot of people don't don't think about that part too, where it's like you're you're just away from home and yeah. you're traveling all the time. Like word. that's definitely really hard mentally too. Yeah, like people say, like 
you know, Toronto's kind of close to Jersey. I'm sure you get to see your family. Like, I'm really, like, last year, bro, I seen y'all when I could see y'all, and I was, like, five times the whole year. Yeah, right. Before I came sure. home. And it's like, yeah, it's a lot, man, but that's, that's the life you choose, man. It's the best league in the world, bro. It's just a, it's a great league to be in. It's such a privilege to be able to play in the league. So, just, you know, I'm excited to get back. I'm excited for this road to recovery and get my mind straight, man. So, it's going to be good. Yes, sir. You grew up fortunate as the son of obviously your father, Ron Harper, but also a mom who hooped. What would you say was the molding process? How did mom and pops influence aspects of your game? Man, just, I mean, my dad would tell you, like, me and him really never worked out a lot, bro. Like, maybe we worked out probably like 50 times, bro probably like 50 times right around that ballpark. Like we would go to the gym rarely and it'd just be like on some father-son thing, bro. Like we're not going in there trying to be like that serious. Like he literally entrusted it all to my mom. Like, and anybody will be able to tell you, like he entrusted it all to my mother. Like he trusted her, like from the start. Like he invested in an AU team for me and Dylan to play basketball in. And, you know, he was just there like kind of behind the scenes and my mom was running the show and he trusted her with it all, so. He put that trust in her and it paid off. And, you know, that's how they kind of molded with it. And, you know, they were both on the bench at the, at the AU games. They were both in the crowd at the high school, you know, school games. But, you know, they loved it. And that's kind of how they found their peace. And, you know, I feel like my dad had been around the game for so long that, like, maybe he just wanted to take a backseat at this point. And, you know, he knew my mom, knew the game, obviously. And, he, you know, he gave her the keys. And, you know, she, she did a damn good job, if you're asking me. <laughs> Love that, man. What was your – we had Caleb on a radio show, and we talk, I asked him what was his, oh, shit, welcome to the NBA moment, and he talked about having a guard Shea. Did you have one of those moments uh, up in Toronto where – Hell, was yeah. A play? Shit, this dude Pascal, bro, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he, that's my dude, P-Skills. But just sometimes he be doing – they be calling him, like, peace. Like, he does a spin move a lot. And, like, you, you can be guarding it and expecting it. And, like, still, bro, you can't stop that. It's just the most it's, it's the most annoying thing ever, too, because you know it's, like, coming and he's, like, oh, he's getting ready to spin. And you just, like, all right, yeah, I'm going to steal it. I'm going I'm to block it. And it's just psh, layup, layup drills, bro. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Caleb having a Garcia, I could imagine. Yeah, but, like. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> he's technical bro. when it comes to his scoring. Ability. What have you learned about what you have to improve upon to continue to take your game to the next level and try to promote that longevity at the league at the league level? Yeah, just be. I feel like you know, just for me, be a consistent defender, consistent shooter, bro. Like that's what I gotta like thrive to be. You know, a guy that can guard multiple positions, a guy that can hit shots. Those guys are always gonna play, bro. And once those guys start playing and you play well, that's how you start evolving and doing the other things. But you know, just taking it step by step. I'm not trying to do too much right now. You know, I'm trying to just, you know, get back in the gym first and foremost. But, you know, once I'm back and I'm get playing, healthy. you know, those two things is what I want to be most consistent in. And that's what I'm going to really try to work towards while also working at the other things. Makes a lot of sense, bro. I love that mentality. I feel like there's a lot of guys who look at it the wrong way where it's like, yeah. no, I want to be a scorer. And, you mm-hmm. know, those are the guys that usually don't end up staying in the league too long because they're not realizing their role. But I feel like, I mean, even back when we were at Rutgers, bro, I felt like our team always had a good mindset about that too. And that's exactly. why we ended up winning games. I've been on a lot of teams, bro. And a lot of them just embraced the roles. Like I played freshman basketball, bro. And like I came off the bench sophomore year of high school. Yeah. And I started my junior and senior year. Didn't start till halfway through the year at Rutgers. Like 
my whole career has been predicated on knowing what I can do, knowing what I can do well, and then excelling after that. So, you know, why not go back to that, try to tap back into that and see where it takes me. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I, th- I think this, this is a good segue into something I actually wanted to ask you about, too, because obviously right now Rutgers has some talented freshmen, one of them being Gavin Griffiths, mm-hmm. who, like me and you, have both seen multiple times. I played pickup with him in the summer. He's um, a dog, bro. He's, he's talented, right? He's super he's talented. Dog. But, you know, obviously looking back to, um, you know, your first year and my sophomore year, <laughs> and, like, you know, sometimes it was ugly, you know, when, when we were younger and, and it wasn't Man. always pretty. But, like, what do you think it, What do you think it was that helped you jump to that next level from freshman to sophomore year? Just working the kinks out, bro. Like, freshman year, we really worked all the kinks out. Like, we figured out how we could all hoop together, how we could all mesh as one. And, bro, like, I would go out there as a freshman, like, I got nothing to lose. Like, that's my mentality. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just try to hoop. I'm going to play my game. Like, I see Gavin struggle, and I see everybody talk about Gavin struggles, and I'm like, man, I understand I didn't have them expectations when I was a freshman, but I started like I started my career three for thirty one from three, dog. I was like nine percent. Yeah. Like dudes were letting dudes were letting me shoot. I was shooting it off the backboard, like oh, straight air backboard. balls, bro. And then one, and it's day, like we all we all knew you were a shooter because exactly. we all saw the practice, and they were all like, like, keep shooting, keep shooting. And I'm like, yeah. hey, like all right, I'm gonna keep shooting, y'all. Yeah. Y'all trust me to shoot? I'm gonna shoot it, bro. And I started hitting, bro. And like after like the halfway point of that year. I was shooting like 40% from three, and I finished at like 29%. Like, my, yeah, my percentage was ass. But, bro, like, I see Gavin struggle, and I'm like, dude, like, some of these people don't know the half of it, bro. Like, one game can change yeah. your season around. You just got to see a couple go in, I'm telling you. Yeah. And you're going to start, and you're going to, the feel for the game just develops. That's how you get it as a freshman. Same thing for Tez, bro. Tez had a couple good games that he was ripping off 20 after 20. Like, yeah. you just got to see some go in, bro. I promise. It takes one game. I love that you talked about one of the things that um, really resonated with you when you first started interacting with Coach Steve Peichel mm-hmm. was his messaging around flipping the script um, and going from yeah. not being the greatest program to what Rutgers basketball uh, is present day. What was it about, you know, his coaching and that coaching staff that helped all the players develop, not only offensively and defensively? Man, it's ironic because I was just with Coach Pike literally right before I did this. We did like some uh, – we talked on like a board for like the Prudential people because they're partnering with Rutgers apparently. And me and Pike, we just went up there and answered some questions. And yeah, but it's ironic because we talked about like teamwork and leadership and that was like the whole thing of it. But just like those two things right there. And like Coach Pike was like, he's like the ultimate underdog. Like once you really sit down and get to know his story, like he has like nine brothers and sisters, bro. Like he's from a small town in Connecticut. Played for one of the greatest and probably one of the greatest coaches of all time in college. And now he's like excelling as a coach. And, you know, every program he's been to, he's been able to flip the script, like you said, flip the script, flip the script. And now he's being able to do it at a power five school. And, you know, it's built off his culture, really. Like he has like when he talks about culture and how he wants to build his team, like he's very serious about that. Yeah. Like he wants people. He wants good people in the gym. Like he wants good families good young men and like he predicates himself on finding those good young men and you know he finds them bro and like they'll be ranked like Gio was ranked like 400 300 something bro and he found them <laughs> good person good family like come on like Coach Pike will finds them you know he really predicates himself on that and because he knows those are young men he can like that can replicate his vision on the court like he yeah, knows he can I trust them young men in the future I think that, yeah, I definitely agree. I think the the other thing too was like everyone that he recruited when we first started, we were all underdogs too. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in, our, in our own way. And like 
and we looked at it like how I remember is just he really believed everything he was saying. Like, mm-hmm. like when he was talking, like it didn't sound like a sell. It was like, no, this is what we're gonna do. And it's like, oh shit, like that's that's what I want to do too, you know. And then like yeah. it, it went from like he would tell me that, he would tell Miles that, and then when Ron, Tez, and everybody Caleb would visit, we would tell them that when they were visiting. I look, this is what we're gonna do, and it kind of just kept trickling down. And then even you know even Dylan right now, who's ranked number two in the country, number three in the country, um, you know he wasn't always that that top guy. I mean, me and Never, Ron, when, he, when he was a kid, it, it, no, no one was talking about Dylan like that. Them dudes was, used you know, to he used to be like. They used to tell yeah. me it was ass, bro. Same thing with me growing yeah. up. Same thing with <laughs> yeah. me, bro. And he flipped the script crazy. Yeah. So, like, it, it all looks glamorous now because now he's getting all, all this media attention and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he has an underdog story of, of his own, too. And, and he kind of saw what, what we did. And, you know, I think that's what makes it He so was exciting. always – I remember I knew Dylan would be a dog, bro. They was playing Bergen Catholic. It was his – Jill, you went with me to the game. I think ah, – maybe – you came to the game, right, bro? Mm-hmm. Dylan was unbelievable. They played them in like the state in like the state sectional championship and they lost, bro. Dylan's a sophomore. They're two best players as seniors. Dylan had like 35 and 10. And like they was chanting, they kept chanting, like, bro, there's shadow at him. And like he like I just knew, bro. I knew he was a dog that day. Like, this dude is different. Like he's really one of them. Yeah, he's came a long way. I love that, sure. that talk track about you going from that underrated grinder mentality that mm-hmm. Pike's had to find people. He's not having to find people no no more exactly. considering right. where Rutgers basketball is. But you walk into his office, he has that one shelf for the national chip, the other for the final four, the other he for believes the NCAA it. tournament. Like he believes it. Like he believes he's gonna do that at Rutgers. Like he's the guy to do it at Rutgers. You think next year this team with the talent coming in, what will it take to be able to make a deep run? in the tournament uh, environment. Obviously, this this is a program that's been to the NCAA numerous times, but, mm-hmm. you know, you've played at this level. Mm-hmm. With this amount of talent and that type of coaching coming together, it seems like a match made in heaven. But yeah. that's not always the case. What needs uh, to get done to actually live up to the hype? I think leadership, man. Like, this class, it's all about vet leadership, bro. Remember that Zion team? That was my freshman year, too. It was like Zion, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett. They lost to Michigan State. Like, they were obviously more talented, but Michigan State had more experience, had more grit and grind. And for crying out loud, it was like the dude, Kenny Goins, who had the, who had the game winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, he, he started as a walk-on, bro. And, like, yeah. But just leadership, bro. They need, like, dudes that are going to, like, walk in and be dogs and, like, just to poke their chest out at people and just, like, be, like, a, a dog, a leader, and, like, lead those young dudes into blossoming and becoming that. You know, I feel like they got that in the locker room, though. Like, the dude, uh, Jeremiah Williams, he's a dog. Like, yeah. he's a dog. Like, he, he's hopefully, nice. Hopefully they can get him back for this year, man. Yeah, he'd be a big boost. Be a big but just, you know, I, told, I told him, bro, I'm like, yeah, bro, like, need you on that team next year, bro. Y'all going to be nice. Like, y'all going to be dumb nice. <laughs> Nah, I definitely agree. I think that's, I mean, that that's what what made us become a better team. You know, like we said, we, we went through it freshman, sophomore year where we weren't, we were talented. I mean, you were talented as a sophomore, you know, as, as a freshman, as a sophomore, but there was things that we had to kind of figure out that you just get yeah. through experience. Like it's, there's just some things that you aren't going to learn until you go through it a couple of times. And I even think about like a guy like Derek right now, who is a sophomore and like, 
people are kind of looking at him as he's supposed to be the veteran guy. It's like, man, I remember my sophomore year, it was really hard trying Me to be too. the man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that's something that he has to kind of learn and go through. And, and then hopefully he'll be back next year, too, where he can kind of help those guys. I remember that, too. It is tough, bro, because yeah, yeah, you were kind of put in like a similar position, too. Like you were a captain your sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to step up to the plate. But, you know, bro, they just, you know, they lost a lot of veteran leadership. So they're just looking for somebody to carry the uh, carry the pack when it comes to that. But, you know, just the guys that have been there for a while, Cliff Mawat, Dre, like, there's a lot of experience in that locker room. A lot of those dudes played on real good teams. So, you know, I think they're going to pick it up. It's inevitable. What, what, what have you thought about the team so far this year? Like, what have you been seeing? I know you've been to a couple of the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you have sat together for a couple of them. Uh, just what, yeah. what have you been seeing overall on the court? They play well, bro, but they always have, like, one stint, like, five-minute stint, like, where they don't score. And the other team's just, like, just, like, turning it up. And it just, yeah. it's just – it was the same thing when we were there, bro. Same thing. Yeah. That was the same thing that would happen to us. And everybody swear yeah. they got the answer. But, bro. <laughs> I think the only the only was, difference with us, though, was that when we didn't score, they didn't score either. We were like, yeah. all right, this is going to be – this is going to be just, ugly. We all just not going <laughs> to score. We're all, we all not going to score. Exactly. Yeah, forget <laughs> like, it. Like, yeah, we had, we definitely had those stints Rock where fight. it was ugly, but – We beat Iowa like, like 45 to like 40 – it was like 47, <laughs> yeah. 45, bro. Yeah. No, I definitely, but, I definitely agree. Though I think they've had a couple of stints where, um, you know, offense is just stagnant, but then they're letting it affect them on the defensive end. Yeah, uh, and that's which a, again I think is a, an, it's an experience thing. Like that, yeah, that, and they, the same haven't, way. they haven't been together for a while. Like that group yeah. is just that group hasn't been. New transfers together. coming in, first yeah. year guys, exactly. young guys, exactly. You know, J Mike and Gavin Jay Mike playing Gavin. extended minutes. Mm-hmm. Jay those Austin. are going to be huge next year yeah. for those for those guys as sophomores. They're going to be the, the most seasoned sophomores in the entire Big Ten conference because of how yeah. many minutes they're playing. For yeah, sure. exactly. And like, really, that's really what me and Tez and Caleb went through my freshman year. Like towards the end of the year, like it would be like us us three, Gio and Gene out there, and that's the five we would yeah. run. We'd run that five. We'd run that five like when we needed to win, and like that would be the five. And we just by the end of the year we had built it up to that because we had played so much, bro. Like the game started slowing down, and mm-hmm. it's not saying that like we were nice. Like we we were definitely like working through a lot freshman year, but that set us up for sophomore year to go out there and be confident and to know what we were doing and to play like we're upperclassmen. Yeah. With that being said, though, I do think there's still. There's still some hope for this year. You know, I'm not I'm not looking down on, on, on this year at yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. And, the year know, is not God, even close. They, they, mm-hmm. Those guys shouldn't be looking ahead at all right now. And I think that's another – sometimes it's hard when you're a young player where it's like, all right, sorry, mm-hmm. we'll just got next year. And, um, you know, that's something that they really need to try to break out of. Um, you know, and they do got that, that veteran leadership. Like, Dre's been there for a while. Watt's been there for a while. Oscar's been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Cliff exactly. is a veteran now. You know, they, they have everything they need, but some of those guys need to step up and, you know, really to start to – you know, kind of take hold of the situation and let people know, like, this is what it is. Because I remember a couple of times, too, like, we had we had t- team, you know, player-only meetings where it was like yeah. we sat down. And sometimes they, they were ugly meetings. Like, yeah, like, we're yelling <laughs> like we were, at each other. We, we were yelling at each other, arguing. Dudes are crying. Like, it, it got ugly at times. Happens, like, but, but, like, you know, that's something. At least it showed that we cared. You know, we were trying to get something done. That's something that, you know, they kind of got to take hold of that situation and do something similar where it's like, look, if we keep losing, like, we are not going to make the tournament. At some point, it's got to become a reality in your head. Like, shit, we got to figure out a way to win games. Yeah, but they got the right staff, bro. Like, Pike, United, all of them, TJ, all those guys. They be locked in. They, exactly. Uh, 
I mean, the, the games in themselves, especially the, the last couple, have been 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 very positive and encouraging. Sure. Starting off with Nebraska, RU defeats uh, the Cornhuskers 87-82 uh, last Wednesday. And it was one of those back-and-forth games, probably the best uh, offensive performance for the Scarlet Knights being able to pull out one tough at home. Um, Big-time outputs. Yep. Milwaukee Mack, 16 points. Andre Hyatt, um, another double-double. Derek Simpson was out there diamond and Cliff was really, really good too, man. And obviously it's different life on life at home and life on the road, especially in this conference are, are night and day, but that's man. the type of game that you can see good Rutgers versus bad. Yeah. You know, I was watching that game and it showed like the Nebraska graphic and it was like, they're undefeated at home and haven't won one away in the conference. And I was like, these, I, I know a team that was like that once before. Been there. <laughs> Been I was there. laughing, bro. I was like, I know a team, but that was just a good win for Rutgers. Just, yeah, that's the one they needed to see because Nebraska had just beat Purdue. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like, bro, they can really go in there with some confidence, bro. Like, Nebraska knocked them off. You guys beat Nebraska at home. Like, let's see what can happen at home, man. Like, mm-hmm. I told them all week leading up to playing number one my senior year, I'm like, bro, we just got to keep it close to the last eight minutes. Keep it within 10 to the last eight minutes and we're good. Like, mm-hmm. just got to keep it close. That pressure going to hit at some point. What do you think about uh, Mawat's return and battling back from that type of <clears throat> knee injury and being able to get back? I think this is real quickly considering that typically it takes a lot you know, more patience to, to mm-hmm. be able to put a lot of wear and tear on that type of ligament. Just, oh, man. I mean, Milwaukee came back in this game like evolved. Like, he's hunting the shots now. He's getting to his spots. And, like, he's doing things that I've seen him do in practice, but, like, i never seen him doing the game before. And, like, I, I feel like the game's slowing down for him. I always used to tell him, like, wow, like, if you just play with pace, like, sometimes, because me and him will guard each other every day. And I think that was real good for him. But, like, in practice, I'd be like, bro, like, if you just play with some pace, like you going at one speed. You, when you play with pace, like you're a bad dude. Like you hit tough shots, and like he's been doing that the last couple of games, bro. Like just seeing his game evolve. You know, just like you said, he came back pretty quickly off a torn ACL, which isn't hard to do. Like he stayed the course, and he's playing real good basketball right now, man. He's probably one of the best defenders in the Big Ten, and you know he keeps moving like this. They're they're a hard team to stop, man. For sure, Big Cliff. I think is catching momentum at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit of a slow, a slow start because a lot of uh, productivity and creators either transferred out and some guys are kind of stepping into that role, but he's finding ways to still be active and score. And he had 14 points and 15 rebounds against Nebraska. Anything sticking out to either you, Gio, or, or Ryan about how he's developing this late in the season? I mean, I think it's, it's it's the guards being aggressive too, though. I mean, Austin, I'm going to sound like a broken record for anyone who's listening because we, we always talk about it, but um, – I mean, some of Cliff's best games were where, where Derek was really aggressive. Even, even if Derek wasn't scoring, right, him just being aggressive puts pressure on the defense, frees up Clifford, you know, what he does best, which is dunk the basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's what he does best. And, and um, he's a really good finisher around the rim when you put him in good position. And, um, and you know, obviously his defense is just – it's grown every single year. I mean, he's a Literally. great defender now. Yeah, His defense got paint, better this so. year. I'm not going to lie. I thought, like, yeah. he reached the ceiling for his defense last year. His defense got better <laughs> this year. Like he's yeah. he's he's a medicine drive coverage red anything. Yeah, Rutgers is number one in rim protection shot blocks in the entire <clears> big con- <throat> Big Ten conference for a reason, and a yeah, large yeah. part of that is Clifford Moore. Yeah, yeah, like they told me he's top three in blocks in the country, right? Yeah, 
His timing is, is impeccable. He's able yeah. to get off the floor on multiple occasions quicker than guys can jump once. I wish so. I would have knew Cliff when I knew Cliff when I was in high school. But <laughs> Cliff was this skinny African kid, bro. He had no <laughs> muscle on him. And then I remember I seen him like six months later. And I'm like, Cliff, what, what happened? And he's dumb buff. His voice, <laughs> done got, his voice got deep as hell. That boy Cliff, man. I'm proud, of, I'm proud of him, though. I'm proud to see where he come from. I feel like he didn't. He didn't used to always have good timing. So no, no, he couldn't. I don't even know nothing. how he work on that. That must be be it's through again, trial, like through trial experience. Trial and error, bro. Yeah, trial and error. That man did not have good timing. I remember when we used to look. It would either be Cliff or Miles on defense. We'd be like, yo, come on, Miles, Miles. <laughs> yo, we were not. We didn't want Cliff in that drop coverage. But now, I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's great yeah. to see how far he's come with it. And he was with Miles too, so he got to watch Miles. Miles yeah. should have won Defensive Player of the Year. That year, over Daryl, over Daryl, Daryl Wag, Daryl's my my dog. <laughs> he has nine oh five. He just takes me too. But yeah, Miles Johnson got robbed, man. Miles doing big things. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me in that game, also before we move on to Illinois, Pike's got another tech, or it got a tech yeah, in I that peaked. second half. We saw that. <laughs> how many times uh, can y'all count on one hand? How many times he's gotten a tech when you played under he him? Never, how he never fired got up does he have to be? He never, never got, got one. one. Never got one. Under he never got one. Van Dyke got more than him. <laughs> yeah, MVD, Emmy, Gio. You got one, Gio. I got one. I got Gio. one. Yeah, Pike never got taked up. So he really got to go. He got to be mad for that. Yeah, facts. Yeah, facts. Yeah, he don't. He don't. He don't. Last do year was like the first time in his like coaching career he got a tech. I think. I think Pike really be just so stressed about defense and points yeah. being scored. Like, he's he not worried about the tech. refs. He don't want to take the tech for for a free throw. Like he don't want none of that. Like, he rather <laughs> bank on a stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pike, I love bro. it. And uh, then after that win, Rutgers goes out to Champaign, a place obviously that's been difficult to get a dub on the road. Uh, that arena is nuts. Those fans are absolutely crazy. They say some of the wildest things I've seen. Yeah, they're around hilarious. Around the Big Ten Conference. They're hilarious. Uh, well, they get they creative. Crazy to Paul. They get crazy to Paul. And Cliff. Yeah. They had like a poster with Kofi and it was holding a baby and Cliff was the kid. I, oh, oh my God. And it was right by where we were warming up to. I'm like, yo. Those fans, whoo. That's a tough place yeah, to play, they, bro. They, they got to be they up there with fans. some of the toughest, toughest good, fans in, yeah, they in the entire fans. conference. Yeah, they uh, they lost that game. Um, ultimately, Terrence Shannon Jr. coming back from you know time off and Justin Harmon scoring eighteen points was you know cream on top of the whole situation. So, um, looking ahead, man, yeah, definitely tough dynamic. You got yeah. Purdue coming up, top team in the Big Ten, and this is a, a scene that's been set before, very familiar. A lot, a, a team that obviously is super hyped, but it's a, a place in Jersey Mike's Arena where they've had difficulty over the years, you know, competing against Rutgers at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so just initially, before we get into some of the other stuff, you know, any initial thoughts of, you know, what you think will be the outcome of this game? I got Rutgers, obviously. Come on, man. I got records every time. It's that Jersey Mike's magic. Every time. I can't. Yeah, I can't magic. do without it. I got records. I do I do think though that we always have a very good scouting report for Purdue. Like I think the reason why we, you know we won a good amount of times against them. Um 
And the way you know they play, they play defense. You got Zach Eady always in that that deep drop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always had a really good game plan mm-hmm. for it, how to attack him and how to put him in those pick and roll situations where this he's either getting into a pull up or loves you know, the midi, bro. Game. But this team, yeah. this Rutgers team, loves the midi. That's the key to the yeah. whole game, the midi. Yeah. And like once you hit a couple of midis or hit Cliff on the lob, bro, it's gonna open up the opposite. Bro. Everything opens up. So. One, one of those outcomes that was successful um, was that seventy sixty eight win a couple years ago when you hit that buzzer beater at half court, man. So take me through that 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 timeout huddle and then getting that ball inbounded with momentum leading up the court. What was going through your mind, man? The whole huddle, bro. Pike just talking about defense, 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 defense. I'm like, bro. I'm thinking myself. I'm like, I gotta say something to these dudes. We had some young guys out there. We had Jalen Miller out there, Mawad, Caleb, Cliff. That was our five and me. So we got some young guys out there. So I'm like, bro. I pull them to the side after the huddle. I'm like, bro. Like, stop. Let's get a stop. But God forbid they score, bro. Do not panic and just inbound it to anybody, bro. I'm coming to get the ball, bro, and just start running down the court. And they were like, all right, bet. And he scored. Mawat instantly. Mawat looked around the court, found me running, got the ball, bro. I just let it fly. I thought it was all net, too. It looked so good coming out of my hands. I'm like, all net. Hit the rim, rimmed in. I was like, oof, man. That was a crazy feeling, bro. It was it was crazy. Everything just happened so fast. Everybody started running on the court. And next thing you know, it just smelled like, smelled like a damn bar in there. <laughs> Yo, Austin, Austin, after the game, after the game. So I'm I'm home with the flu. This dude got like a 103 fever. Oh, you didn't even get to partake in the festival. No, no, no. So, so I'm so and, and me and Luke Nathan, we live off campus. So like our spot was like the pregame spot, like where we'd always go. So like the whole team's coming through to our spot. I'm in the crib with the flu, like Dudes are trying to convince me to go out either way. They're like, yo, like, fuck you, let's just go outside. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I can't. Like, I have the flu. It's over <laughs> for the brother. But, like, I'm to this day, I'm sick. Like, I, like damn, I really wish I could have been in the building for the whole celebration. Just, I'm sorry like, to hear that because that would have probably bro. been the wildest night out in all of That Man, was the I most stressful day. I would have turned it up, too. Like, oh, <laughs> so, and, we, yeah, had and been, we were good. Like, we had been every losing, time we bro. would win, Every time we would win, like, Spot would hit us up. Oh, you guys are good for the night. We'll get sometimes. you on. Like, sometimes, like, literally, like, one time, like, Huey's nightclub would literally, like, block off the whole, like, thing for us so we could just all chill right there. Like, it was. Bro, we, had, we was losing, that too, night. around that time. Like, we were, like, four and four, bro. And Gio had to play, like, the last three games, bro. And we were, like, one and two. And bro, I was like, finally, Gio about to play. Gio about to play. Because like, he heard his hamstring. I'm like, finally, he's about to come back, bro. I get the shooter on, bro. This dude is not there. TJ come up to me. He's like, he like, hey, Slim. He's like, your man's not coming to shoot around today. I said, who? He said, Gio. I said, what happened? He said, he got the flu slim. He said, 100, 104 <laughs> fever. I said, bro, what? I've never, I felt, I felt fucking crazy i was bro. sick bro i, I was sick i, I was crazy. dumb stressed after that the, the day before the day before i went into pike's office i was like pike i'm ready to play like, oh yeah he wanted to start and you was like i'm starting i'm like he's on that i'm like he's on that like we're we not losing this game i want to start and yeah. Said, yeah okay yeah and then <laughs> i can't play bro he was on that he was like i want to start i remember that <laughs> That is absolutely hilarious, man. What was, what was the more uh, convincing, or which one did you feel better about, game winner wise? That that Purdue yeah, half court yeah, or sure. that Indiana 
when you Indiana, hit the shivers afterwards. Indiana for sure. Because they were their fans were talking so crazy to me, bro. And then when I hit the shot, it was like the biggest like F you, bro. And they just they just couldn't say nothing. Shit. They had to like respect it, bro. And like you even could see it, it on all their faces. Yeah, like, like disgust, looked, like sick. Like they disgust, were like bro. Yeah, they were like they like they were so mad. They were so mad and hurting. Like like he and, said, like, bro, disgusted. It was senior night, and they were doing their speeches after. So their whole team stayed out. And I'm doing the presser. I'm doing the presser at like mid court, bro. And all their fans are yelling crazy shit at me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, stum- I don't ever stumble in my presser, bro. Like the post game, bro. I don't ever stumble. I don't ever like. I'm never sure on words. Nothing like that day. I was like, uh, uh. I wish I had the clip, bro, but, like, they were yelling crazy stuff to me. And after the press was over, I kept waving at them. Everybody gave me the finger. Like, man. <laughs> I was surprised that good, they, didn't, that they didn't run good. another, another body good. at you. They cleared the whole side and let you get into your rhythm I'm dribble. Saying, this dude, Gio, was beasting for the ball back, too. <laughs> and he was no. the dude. Yes. No, no, no. Yes, because no, he was you picking you up full court, remember? No, so, yeah, you passed it into me. This nigga Gio said, said it. Yeah, you passed it to me. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was. I was like, yeah, you said it. Like, I'm like, you were like, you were like this. I was like, oh yeah, facts. I just do it, man. Yeah, he was, he was dead. He was dead to rights. As soon as I, like, as soon as I hesitated him, he was dead to rights, bro. When I hit that shot, ooh, bro, that's like the first time where like fans have like been talking that crazy to me, bro. And I really like this up on the court, like where they just couldn't say nothing. Like that's it's, that shot felt so good, bro. Was, and we were in a really, and we really needed crazy. that win for NCAA, and we were losing the whole game. We we're in a locker room talking crazy. We were in a locker room turn. <laughs> Absolutely love it, love it, love it, love it, man. That is big, big time stuff. Have you have you both been keeping up with? Uh, uh, the football aspect, uh, all the are you guys that are in the playoffs? I know that yeah, you're bro. We're at Rutgers with a bunch of guys uh, that are doing their thing uh, in the NFL now. Jonah Jackson with the Lions, Bo Melton, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers, Pacheco um, with the Chiefs, uh, and then Christian Izian with the Bucks. You keep up with any of those of, of those guys, and what do you think about you know what they've been able to do at the next level? Man. I mean, I watched the Eagles Bucks game, bro. I'm an Eagles fan, and I just kept seeing Christian Izzy and flying around the field, bro. And I'm like, I haven't seen this story before. And they spanked the Eagles, but I've been keeping up. I've been keeping up, like watching the games, bro. You know, happy for those guys. You know, they're doing great things. Pacheco doing his thing. I was happy to see Bo score last game and playing mm-hmm. a role he's been getting to playing, bro. Because like just knowing his story and what it's taken for him to get there, and then just him excelling, you know. I feel like he put himself in a real good position for next year. And, you know, just all records, like, records alumni, you know, we're all just rooting for each other. So, like, I'm happy for those guys, happy to see them thriving. And I, I see some where it's like, no matter what happens, a records alumni is going to get a Super Bowl. And that's dope. Like, that's what's yeah. up. Like, that's yeah, that's, that's dope as crazy. hell. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. The the brand is buzzing strong mm, on all sure. major sports levels. 100%. Um, you gonna be at a uh, front front row every game next season when when younger bro is taking over the reins? Unfortunately, not. Nah, I'm gonna come to everyone I can get to though. But yeah. man, man, oh my god, it's gonna be a movie, bro. Certain stuff like that is like must see TV, and you know those guys are gonna do their thing, bro. Excited for it, man! I can't 100%. wait to, to see it live in person, and I'm really proud to watch your uh, upper progression, and obviously looking forward to seeing Dylan's and. Appreciate you coming on uh, the show today, man. Gio, anything else on your side? 
Nah, bro. See you on Sunday, Ron. <laughs> well, I appreciate bro. you coming on, bro. You know, we, we appreciate that a lot for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a big man. time game. Every time uh, Rutgers and Purdue get together, it's always um, fireworks. You know, fireworks for sure. So looking ahead to that, Zach Eady coming in into Piscataway and see if RU can find a way to pull out some magic and get another big time dub. But this has been a phenomenal episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, to the Are You Listening podcast. We'll see you uh, for the next show after Are You finds a way to, to get a dub against Purdue. Check yes, you guys sir. Later.